0: Welcome to the Saving Grace Adventist Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the Word of God. Whatever God does is for our benefit. His plan is that everyone would be saved, His kingdom is prepared, the Word is written so that everyone may read and understand. The message is preached in different places throughout the world, practically. Christ died for every sinner. Whatever God does is for our salvation. Now, there must be an answer from our part, on our part. And this answer should be the answer of faith. Because whatever God does, even though is perfect and is sufficient for salvation, will not save me unless I believe and accept. Yes, salvation is God's free gift, but it is accepted by faith. It must be Received. There are people who do not believe. No matter how many evidences you give them, they don't believe. And I came to realize years ago that I'm very blessed. I'm very blessed that I have faith in God. And I found out that this faith I have, it is not the product of my wisdom or the result of my education, or of my degrees. It is a gift from God. So, brothers and sisters, you are here because you have at least a little faith. And that little faith is a gift from God. And that little faith is given by the Lord to be the key you may use to open the treasures of heaven is the key to the kingdom is the key to the to the everlasting life is the key to the heart of god Amen. if you have this faith that god is real and god is good and god is gracious and god is a god of love and god is a god of forgiveness and god is Life. If you have this faith, you are going to receive the eternal life. The eternal life. Those who do not have this faith, it is not because God has not given them the faith, it is because somehow they push God away from their life. They don't come where The evidences of God's existence and love and mercy are overwhelming. They don't go to those in whose eyes they may read a little bit of God's goodness. They don't connect to those who have God in their heart and live a life of faith. So they are connected to the things of the enemy. And from the enemy, faith will never come. Even if it's it's coming a kind of faith, the faith the devil has, it's real in the the existence of God. But the Bible says the devil believes and trembles. I don't need that kind of faith. You don't want to have that kind of faith. You believe in a God and you begin to tremble. You are afraid to come to meet him. You are afraid to come to the day of judgment. You are afraid of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. One day two brothers I know, they were driving, and it was after the uh, September 11. And one said to the other one, hey, this is a sign that the world is coming to a place and a situation where practically only the coming of christ will put an end to all this and he was speaking about the coming of christ as you know as the blessed hope and the other one a very strong man physically and at that time very strong financially i believe he began to cry he began to cry but not with the cry of one who is somehow touched by the coming of Christ and is blessed by the coming of Christ and has hope in the coming of Christ, but as one who was afraid of the coming of Christ. In other words, he saw in the great day of the Lord, not the, great, the day of his salvation, but the day of his punishment. So I don't need this kind of faith. I don't want you to have this kind of faith. The faith the Bible talks about, the saving faith, is the faith in the existence of a God who is good, is merciful, is full of love. He has grace, enough grace for everyone, no matter where he or she is coming from. For us, This morning, the beautiful communion, the sacred institution Jesus initiated just before the cross, has the purpose to really bring salvation into our hearts has the purpose to somehow by faith to experience a little bit of of heaven. The Lord, by communion, and by your faith in the holy symbols, by accepting the body of Christ, by accepting the blood of Christ, brings the everlasting life in your small heart. Amen. No matter how small is your heart, everlasting life can get there by faith in the everlasting Savior. Are we worthy? The question is, are we worthy to eat the flesh of the Son of Man and to drink his blood? Are we worthy to receive such a sacrifice, holy, perfect, and and somehow, which meant the life of Christ, the blood of Christ shed on the Calvary. Are we worthy of this? So what to do in that case? Especially after have, we have been walking with the Lord for such a long time. Are we worthy to see the King in his glory? We are not. So what are we going to do about that? Are we worthy to see the face of God and to live with Him eternally? We are not. What are we going to do about that? Friends, we just had a beautiful discussion on Wednesday evening. Communion. Even though you might not be worthy and I might Communion is nothing else but an opportunity where the children of God receive the grace of God that makes makes them worthy of the holy symbols of the salvation of God and of the kingdom of heaven. You don't need... Another baptism, if something happened in your life, I'm talking about not those terrible sins, which meant you broke the covenant with God. Surely, for those, I believe a new baptism can bring a new renewal, and we should think of that very seriously. But I'm talking about that sense of unworthiness you feel you have not committed a crime, you have not committed adultery, you have not committed other things, and you feel you are unworthy. Communion is like a new baptism. Amen. And I thank God that, you know, quarterly we have this opportunity. It's the time of renewal. At the communion table, you learn that one died for you and for your sins and for your failures. At the communion table, you learn that God is ready to apply the effects of His Son's blood on every mistake you have done. At the communion table, you may feel a little bit of that goodness, of that grace of that love that are meant for your transformation and salvation. I, uh, I know this story, a, very, a story can, which illustrates how some people who do not feel worthy might lose the benefits of Calvary, might lose the effects of Christ's death on the cross, it was this great lady, one of the countries, she was number one in winning souls to christ, a beautiful lady, a smart lady a an intelligent lady, and a faithful lady. So one day there was a big reunion, and people from like from all the churches of that conference came to celebrate those who really make a difference in the kingdom, in the churches. So the lady was celebrated like maybe number one in winning souls to Christ and uh, practically doing the mission everyone should do. After years, the same pastor who tells the story, he visited that place again and people said, Pastor, would you like to visit Sister So? But where is she? She's home very, very, very uh, sick. Okay. The pastor went and visited her. She was almost dead. The body didn't have too much functions. The mind was still there the wisdom was there, the intelligence was there the husband took and the children took this lady to the best hospitals even overseas to find the cause of her sickness because it came like from nowhere it came in the middle of of her successful Christian life and one specialist said to the husband listen Take your wife home. She has a kind of disease which is not we can control. It is in her mind. So the pastor visited this, this great lady. When she saw him, she was crying. And he took his hand, her hand. It was like the hand of a dead person practically almost nothing functioned from from neck down and the pastor said after some minutes he realized the cause of that disease and he said to her where is your faith in the wonderful savior who forgives sins, who is merciful to sinners, and who is restoring lives. And she cried. And she said, Pastor, I am not worthy. But the grace you preach about and when you brought souls to Christ... That grace is sufficient for you. Yes, pastor. But not for one who sinned willingly. In other words, who accepted to sin even, even though she believed this is sin and she should not sin. Not of one who committed a sin after had the light after had the warning and she persisted in going in that wrong direction what happened in years past she was so high in everything that the governor of that state was invited to with his family to their home You know, to spend an afternoon over there. And something began to develop after that visit. And she and the governor had some other meetings. Not with the other family members. This lady, when she realized what she did. And how she misrepresented Christ how low she could go unseen in sinning considered herself unworthy and condemned herself to die so in the mind something took place that practically not killing herself by some means people use she would kill herself by... Using her mind against the rest of the body. The grace of God, the Bible says, has been revealed. And has been revealed to all. And the grace is something God invented. It is coming from his heart for the unworthy. Amen. When you hear the word grace, is for the unworthy, the ones who do not deserve the love of God, for the ones who do not deserve to be forgiven, for the ones who do not deserve heaven. It is for that for those categories of people that grace is given. So this morning, I would like to present to you. A Savior who has grace for every sinner and for every case. How do you think David could make it back? It is because of that grace. If that grace was working in the life of David, even before the grace came directly through Jesus Christ, grace was still in the world. Because the moment Adam and Eve sinned, it was grace that was bestowed upon them and gave them a new chance. So it was the grace of God that made David return. This lady didn't commit such a multitude of sins like David, but somehow she took her eyes from the one who understands human nature, who understands that even a saint surrounded by different circumstances and separating himself or herself from Christ will fall into sin. The Lord knows that we are dust, He knows how we are formed. Therefore, grace is His answer to our sinfulness and unworthiness. Now, I have a kind of respect to a certain point to those people who are really severe with themselves. In other words, who do not accept themselves to play God, who are very exigent, but to a certain point. Because if you go beyond a certain point, You refuse the only solution God has for your situation. And the only solution God has for sin, for failure, for defeat, for unfaithfulness, for sickness, is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So this morning, the question is, do you believe in this kind of Savior? Because if I believe in this kind of Savior, I might come very unworthy. But the grace of God makes us and makes me worthy. Amen. Paul. Paul was a, a criminal. Paul was Killing those who love Jesus. It was the grace of God that worked in the life of Paul. Amen. And made him a soldier for Christ. Amen. And now when he had his own fight, his own struggle, the Lord told him, my grace is sufficient to you. So eventually Paul back up and said, in that case, I will be happy in weakness. In sickness, in need, when I'm insulted, when I'm persecuted, because when I am weak, I am strong. But it is the grace that makes you strong. He said, if I have enough, I will be content. If I don't have anything, I will still be content because grace is sufficient. the Grace is sufficient. Peter was almost like Judas, believe me. I mean, that man who was so courageous and he promised Christ his faithfulness to the end, to death. That man really failed the Savior. He even said that doesn't know him. What are you talking about? And hours before, he said, I will give my life for you. And when another person came and said, are you not one of them? No, I'm not. And eventually that man began to use b- bad words, curses, curses to convince the other ones that he is not a disciple of Christ. What made Peter remain a disciple of Christ? It was the grace of God. Did Peter deserve that? No. Maybe you and me in addition, especially in, in, a, in a war zone, is like, hey, either you follow me and fight, or as, as George Washington one time said, it was a very difficult situation. They practically were like about to be destroyed completely. So it was necessary that a spirit of courage and, and, and intelligence will work. And he said, listen, to his his troop I have two guns with one I go ahead and attack my enemy and with one I will kill any uh, you call co- coward right oh. coward hey you cannot play you cannot play fighting you must be faithful to the country to the captain to the general uh, uh, leads you so peter peter practically failed so badly but it was the grace of christ who gave him a new chance it is this grace which is revealed to us at the holy table did you commit a sin during this time. The grace of Christ is sufficient to forgive and even erase your sin. Have you not lived up to the responsibilities you have from God in your family, in your church, wherever you are? It is the grace of God that will make up. What I need is to have a repenting soul. What I need is to have To be sincere. Say, Lord, this is me. I don't play like I'm not. What I need is to not be a Pharisee. Who goes to the temple. And looks down to others. And find their sins and mistakes. What I need is to see my Savior. And see myself through his eyes. And accept his grace. This is what the Lord Jesus came to do. And this is why sometimes he would ask, do you believe in the Son of Man? Do you believe in the Son of Man? Surely, the communion teaches us a little bit more, which is a a painful thing for me, because like you, I have goals, spiritual goals, and you know, some dreams, And when I don't reach those goals and I don't fulfill those dreams spiritually, I'm the the most unhappy person on this earth. The communion teaches us another powerful lesson. Once you accept the grace of God for your life, and it's the only solution God has for your case, once you accept that grace, you receive Jesus, who is the author of grace, and you receive Him in life so that you live His life. You live His life. Amen. And this is exactly what communion teaches us. The food is absolutely necessary for the life of the body. The same Christ for the life of our souls. The food doesn't benefit us unless we eat it. The water doesn't benefit us unless we drink it. The same Christ does not benefit us unless we assimilate him. And the word of God tells us that as we concentrate on his sacrifice, as we contemplate his love, As we dwell upon his wonderful sacrifice, this is the way we become partakers of his nature. So it is here, I believe, where most of us, if not all of us, fail because we are sometimes Christians of an event. But what happens after this event uh, uh, ends? So by faith now, Because he who believes has everlasting life. But the second tremendous and miraculous part is that faith brings the life of Christ within this skinny body. In the mind. In the heart. And you have the love of Christ in you. And you have grace also for others. And you meet others' needs the way Christ met yours. Grace is not only to bring a beautiful experience of forgiveness. Grace is also to transform. And this is communion about, all about. Uh, In Orlando, some years ago, there was a a big event uh, in the Spanish community. There was uh, uh, an evangelism. And uh, just before... uh, I think it was a Sabbath evening, if I'm not mistaken. Just at the entrance in the big uh, place, a man drunk was beating his his wife like to death. Now, the wife was the member of the church. He was not. And so people tried to help her. So some courageous people would take her aside and one of them very smart took him and said because the man when he realized that he's under so many eyes he got a little shame you know he a little embarrass, embarrassment so one smart member t- said come 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 here come here so he took him into the auditorium and found a very isolated chair and he said stay here forget what happened During the sermon, the word of God touched the the mind of this man who practically didn't have too much mind, mind, you know? And when the pastor made an appeal to give the life to Christ and to allow Christ to transform life, if not the first one, one of the first ones, trembling, was coming, coming uh, over there. People looked, people laughed, you know, because who in the world believes believe that somebody like that understands correctly? And, you know, he came there the next evening. Evening. He came again, but he was not drunk. The third evening, he came again, was not drunk. I I forgot, he was crying. The first he was crying. The Word of God touches even a a, a drunkard. Friday evening, he heard that there is a baptism on Sabbath, next Sabbath. And he came to the evangelist and he said, you know, I like to be baptized. (laughs) During that time, the lady said, Pastor, the wife of the man, do you believe him? I live with him. This is the the most miserable man in the world. Do you believe that he really does what you saw him trying to do? But the pastor didn't, yeah, didn't go too much into what to say. You know, he didn't know him. So Friday evening, the man came to him and said, Baptist, I'd like to to give my life to Christ. And the pastor, he was an international evangelist, so he went to the board of the church. And the man said, Pastor, I mean, do you think that he doesn't need a little bit more preparation? I mean, the other day he was killing his wife. <laughs> that she's a, a, a Seventh-day Adventist, and now he gives his life to Christ. I mean, don't you think that he needs, the pastor admitted, yes, you know, he needs more time, or prepar- preparation. So he came, said, you know, uh, I, I'm sorry, uh, uh, we'll baptize you, but there is a process, and we'll teach you more. And, and the man began to cry. But pastor, you said that it's enough to believe. Praise the Lord. Amen. And I believe that Christ, and I know that people might, might not believe that this is serious and the transformation will take place, but I believe that Christ will transform me. Amen. What else, pastor? So the pastor went back to the board <laughs> and said, you know, and people said, Pastor, because of you? You know, they had such a respect for this pastor, said, Because of you, we'll do it, we'll uh, approve it. But this is not the way we should do it. The man was baptized. Who do you think came to the pastor and rebuked the pastor? <laughs> the wife said, Do you believe him? This is a criminal. I've been living with him in the same house for such a long time as my kids what to say, what I've done, I've done he left one year after one or two years after he came back and there was another big event another church and uh, one gentleman nicely dressed Outside, he was the mind, the organizer of the of the event in terms of you know, uh, yes, and uh, he had many people under his leadership, and with with a lot of phones, and he would say to that, do that, the other one do that thing, and the other one he would organize the whole event and one of the the brothers said pastor do, do you know him no i don't know him he's the drunkard he is the drunkard Praise the Lord. christ didn't only use grace to bring that person to a point of believing in him christ poured out his grace into the heart of that person <laughs> The first Sabbath, he was invited to the lady, to the, the, the family, the home. And the lady said, Pastor, I, I want to ask forgiveness before God first and before you, because I didn't believe what the grace of God can do. The grace of God changed him. He's a wonderful man. A wonderful man. And the 12-year-old girl came to him with a little gift and said, Pastor, take this gift for me. She, the pastor said, why? Pastor, you don't, you cannot understand what happened in our home since you came last year and preached and my father was baptized by you. When, before when he came home, We were hiding each one wherever we could. And my mom, Father, would hide herself under the bed because this man brought only unhappiness. We didn't have a father, we didn't have love, we didn't have a good environment. But since you baptize him, he's. The most wonderful father in the world. He brings gifts. He, when he comes home, is is celebration. He takes us on Sundays in different places to enjoy the family. Pastor, I would like to express my thanksgiving to you by giving you this gift grace, friends, grace. When we allow this grace to be poured out into our hearts. This grace makes us worthy even of eating the flesh and drinking the blood of the Son of God, which is symbolically, spiritually, is receiving his life. Is receiving his life. And this is exactly what Jesus meant when he preached. This is, I believe, John 6, I believe is the most profound sermon Jesus had ever preached. If you take this verse by verse, you are you are like it's beyond your comprehension. When Jesus says, He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never will never go thirsty. He meant his Presence in us will make us like Him. Now, if I know Him theoretically, a theoretical knowledge of Christ doesn't count too much. But if I know Him as my personal Savior and I walk with Him, and I work with him and I live for him, and he lives in me, and I live in him. That's the greatest miracle one can experience on this planet. Amen. And it is by feeding on the word of Christ, it is by receiving his spirit, is by assimilating his grace that we practically live his life not our life the drunkard he lived the life of christ the lady she somehow refused that grace i know when when we commit a sin satan will be there to tell us that's the end of the story but friends God knows that Satan was behind that And Practically, Satan is responsible for every sin every human being commits. Yes, eventually it's our own decision because we agree. But it's one thing to do it without having Satan around. And it's another thing to do it because you are tempted by him. By the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Every sinful person is forgiven and is given a new opportunity. Amen. And this is what we like to pray for this morning. And yes, in that case, if we believe, we have eternal life. Because it is not something you have to produce, you have to work on. It is something Christ already did. Amen the death of Christ on the cross brought to you and to me the eternal life receiving this eternal life and expressing this eternal life in every situation in our lives keeps us representatives of his kingdom for whom is the grace never forget The grace of God is not for the holy angels. They don't need. They didn't sin. The grace of God is for the human race. And there is no human being who is without sin. The grace of God is for the unworthy. And if you feel unworthy this morning, as I feel, honestly, I don't feel worthy. I don't feel worthy. Of the great of the kingdom of God i don't feel worthy of the of the eternal life I don't feel worthy even living another second I don't feel but I take Christ by faith he said that his grace is sufficient even to me Amen. and it is by his grace that I and you are made worthy <coughs> shall we have a a moment of prayer before we uh we separate from for the washing of our feet by the way i see some visitors welcome to our church and you are welcome to participate with us if you wish in the communion service so feel part of of the family let's bow our heads heavenly father we come before you in the name of our lord jesus christ to thank you lord for your grace we may not understand it completely because your grace is beyond our understanding but we understood we have understood a little bit this morning father that your grace is sufficient even for sinners like me and like my dear brothers and sisters here yes we have failed you so many times yes we have seen so many times lord unfortunately yes we have not represented you always properly yes we have not led others to christ the way we should have done it lord yes we have not reached the the goals you have for our lives and we have not fully completed the purposes you have for our lives if we look at us Lord we find only one word to describe us unworthy but this morning through communion through your word we have had a little glimpse of your goodness Lord of your character of your love and we have found out again that Your grace is exactly the solution you have provided for us. (laughs) Your grace is not for the holy. It's not for your holy angels because they don't need grace. The grace is for the ones who do not deserve it. So this morning, along with my brothers and sisters, we like to embrace this grace fully lord and to ask forgiveness our sins are so many that maybe we'll never be able to remember every single sin we have ever committed therefore we pray by the blood of jesus by your grace forgive every single sin lord in our lives remove any defect of character replace father by your grace replace what is not according to your will if our heart is not fully surrendered to you replace it lord with the heart of christ Amen. we know everyone has a sinful nature and we don't want to allow this sinful nature to live for a, another second therefore we pray crucify our sinful nature by the spirit of jesus and lord replace our sinful nature with the the holy nature of christ as we heard this morning grace is not only to bring a beautiful sense of peace and acceptance with god but also to bring those changes those miracles which will last for eternity therefore father we open our lives to you and to your spirit so that as we prepare to eat from this holy symbol and to drink from this holy symbol we pray lord that miraculously and divinely you will give us the life of christ we pray for this and we pray that as we go from here after that The world will know that we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. As we prepare now to wash each other's feet, may we remember that Jesus did that. And may we allow Jesus, by his blood, to wash us from inside out, Lord. Give us a beautiful moment with you. And may we never depart from you after that. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message.